Well, last week, we read from the passage of Jesus' temptation in the desert. I spoke about how no matter what year in our liturgical year, our liturgical cycle, always begin Lent with that, uh, that uh, event in the life of Christ, of his temptation in the desert, reminding us of what Lent is about for us, time of purification, a time of looking at the temptations in our life and drawing strength from Jesus, how he clung to the word of God, overcame them tempta- those temptations, and how we can do the same. It's talked about through those spiritual disciplines especially, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. But tonight, we hear the story of the transfiguration. And every second Sunday of Lent, no matter which our liturgical cycle, we always hear the story of the transfiguration. And as we come to this story, kind of placing ourselves in our Lenten context of where we are, may seem odd, right? This is an epiphany moment, right? Uh, one of those moments where, where Jesus' glory is manifested, his divinity is, is, is kind of lifted a bit, and those who are following him see him for as he is. And as we are entering into this Lenten journey, right, one week after the desert and temptation and battle with Satan and overcoming, right, we hear the story of the transfiguration. What is this speaking to us, and why does the church give this passage for us, and what, where does it find its context in the second week of our Lenten journey? Well, part of what we are about in Lent, as yes, we are about uh, turning away from sin, believing in the gospel, doing battle with Satan through the spiritual disciplines of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, we're also on a journey, right? We're on a journey to Jerusalem. These 40 days are preparing us for being with Jesus in his death, in his betrayal, in his being persecuted, right? And the disciples were also on that journey with him. And Jesus always made it clear for them that that's where they were heading. They had been called to follow Jesus. They had been called to learn from him. But they had also been called to journey with him to Jerusalem, where he told them that the, suffer, the Son of Man must be handed over, must suffer greatly, be crucified, and on the third day he would be raised. And immediately before this passage of Christ's transfiguration, Jesus had just revealed that to the disciples. And of course, we remember what happens when Jesus tells them. Peter rebukes Jesus. Jesus, you can't do that. You can't allow that to happen. I won't let that happen. Of course, Jesus says to Peter, as he rebukes him, he says, get behind me, Satan. Jesus doesn't want anything standing in the way of what his Father's will is, which is obedient love even to the point of death, death on a cross. 
But I'm sure Peter wasn't the only one who was questioning. You know, Jesus called us to come and be fishers of men. We believe he's the Messiah, the anointed one, the one who's going to overthrow our oppressors and give our people the freedom and life that we've always longed for. And now he's talking about that he's going to go to Jerusalem and suffer and die. And then he says that what what he's going to endure, that we're going to endure with him if we follow him. And they were afraid and confused and questioning, trying to change God's, trying to change Jesus' plan. And it's at that moment that Jesus says, Peter, James, and John, come with me. Let's go up the mountain. And so he takes them up the mountain, and then this epiphany moment. We hear in the translation a transfiguration in the Greek metanoia. And all we hear is that his face looked like the sun. His clothes were dazzling white. They were amazed and afraid. And then we hear that there was an image of Moses and Elijah. The preface for the Mass says this image of the Law and the Prophets, the Old Testament, the Old Covenant that was with him. These two other figures in the Old Testament that had also gone up the mountain. Moses receiving the Law, Elijah hearing the voice of God in the still, quiet voice. And here they are with him. And then we hear, as we had heard at Christ's baptism, the voice of the Father, right, who speaks. This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Once again, saying, this is my Son. I delight in him. I'm pleased with him. And then they see this manifestation of the Holy Spirit in the cloud before they'd seen it in the dove. And the disciples, in a sense, they're receiving this image of heaven, right? What heaven will be like, being caught up in the vision of the the Trinity and seeing Christ as he is, being caught up in his glory. And they want to stay there, right? Lord, we'll make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. Some of the other translations, though, Jesus says, no, we must go back down the mountain. We must do what we have set out to do. We must Go to Jerusalem. See, what happens in this moment is that the disciples, yes, they're afraid, and Jesus wants to give them a taste. He wants to give them a little image of what is to come. And as he's told them this challenging news that has made them afraid, he wants to give them a taste of his glory. A taste that he is who he says that he is. And as he has told them that death will lead to resurrection, that they could come to believe. And in the same way, and where we are in the second week of Lent, where we as well are being asked by Jesus once again to take up our cross and follow after him, and to journey with him to Jerusalem. Jesus wants to give us through his word a taste, an image, a vision of his glory. That he is who he says that he is. And that the cross will lead to resurrection. And maybe where we are in our life, maybe some of us are experiencing some type of the cross in our life, some type of suffering, a challenge, 
to be more faithful to Christ, to turn away from the world, to turn away from the tide, what everyone expects us to do, and to follow the call of Jesus that's difficult and hard and, and really challenging in us in our life. And maybe in that place of our heart, we're afraid. And we need to be encouraged. And Jesus knows when to, when to show us, when to give us a taste of his glory. I'm with you. I'm going I'm to provide for you. And if I call you to the cross, I promise I'm going I'm to lead you to the resurrection. But then Jesus calls us back down the mountain. We can't stay there. He gives us that sign of hope. He gives us that sign of his presence. He gives us that consolation. And then he once again says, okay, let's go down the mountain. We got to go again and take up our cross. We got to go again and be about the Father's will. We have to go again and endure self-sacrificing love. But with that, that sign of hope, right? What's the last words that the Father speaks to the disciples? It's so important for us to hear tonight. Three simple words. Listen to him. It's kind of the same thing that Mary said the wedding feast of Cana. Do whatever he tells you. Jesus' father and his mother, when we are afraid, when we're questioning, say, listen to him. Listen to my son. And when all we see in us or in front of us is death or the cross or suffering or darkness or desolation. The Father says, listen to my son. Listen to what? Resurrection. The good news that he has come to bring us. That resurrection will eclipse crucifixion. Life will eclipse death. Hope will eclipse despair. Freedom will eclipse captivity. And in the second week of Lent, like we need to hear that message of hope. We need to hear what we are, what we are heading to, right? We need a taste of Easter Sunday to give us strength for this journey. And in the same way in this journey of life, right, Lent is kind of a microcosm of the entirety of our life. We need an image, a glimpse of what's going to come at the end of our life. Resurrection. Listen to him. When we're questioning, when we're doubting, is this really real? Lord, is what you told me really going to happen? Jesus gives us these images, these epiphanies, these metanoia experiences of his glory. And we, God willing, in our own personal life, in our own walk with the Lord, God willing, have had an experience, maybe something like what Peter, James, and John experienced. Maybe this image of Jesus showing us His majesty, showing us His glory to give us strength for the journey. It doesn't happen often. I know in my life, man, three, four, five times, I've had these big moments where Jesus has just revealed Himself and those moments are a place of repetition to go back to when I'm feeling discouraged, when I'm feeling afraid, when I'm feeling doubtful, when my faith is weak. He says, Andre, remember your story. Remember what I've revealed to you. Remember what I showed you. Right? This is for real. What I told you is, is real. What I promised you is real. 
gives us strength for that journey. And I'm once again invited, listen to him. Listen to him. Listen to my son. So tonight, my brothers and sisters, may we listen to him, listen to his word of resurrection. And as he invites us to the cross, to Jerusalem, to crucifixion, let us remember that resurrection always follows. Amen.